Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 720 WGN. Everybody's talking about it, and it started today. The Supreme Court of the United States is looking at Biden's ability to wipe out student loans, the student loan forgiveness. It's a big issue. Even if it doesn't affect you, might affect your kids or your nieces or your nephews. Paul Collins Jr. is a professor of legal studies and political science at the University of Massachusetts. What did you take away from the hearings today? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Lisa. I think the big takeaway is that the Biden administration didn't do so hot. Um, It looks like the conservative justices in particular were pretty skeptical about the administration's authority to forgive student loans in this manner. It appeared or there was some talk that uh, uh, that perhaps there might be one the newest and most conservative member that would lean with the liberal justices based on the question she was asking. I agree. I agree. So there's two major issues in this case. And the first one, and that's where uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett comes in. The first one involves whether or not the states and the individuals who brought this lawsuit, these lawsuits, whether or not they even have the standing, which is this sort of legal idea that they suffered some concrete harm, whether or not they even have the standing to bring the case. And if the justices said they didn't have the standing, then that's it. They don't even have to get to the sort of meat and potatoes of the broader issue. And Justice Barrett, along with the court's liberal justices, seemed pretty skeptical that this was a case that was appropriate for review. The Biden administration wants to wipe wipe out up to $400 billion dollars in student debt by forgiving up to $20,000 per borrower. That depends. Some might only get 10. And so this is six Republican-dominated states and two individuals who sued to stop this plan. There was a lot of talk about Missouri and their plan. I don't know if it's short for Mohella or whatever that might be called. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't join this suit or bring any legal action. What's your takeaway on that? So that that's really important. So of all of the plaintiffs, of all the folks who brought this lawsuit, experts, including me, kind of agree that Missouri has got the, the best chance at getting standing, at being recognized that they can suffer a real harm from this policy. And the reason for this is that the state of Missouri has this loan authority, um, and it can make a pretty credible claim that if the loan authority can't make payments, then the state of Missouri is going to lose some money. But this is where Justice Barrett comes back in. She asked very frankly, you know, well, why didn't the loan authority file the lawsuit? Why is the state of Missouri filing a lawsuit on behalf of a loan authority? And and this might seem really technical, but the entire case could actually turn on that, right? Why why didn't this, this loan authority file the lawsuit? Why is the state of Missouri doing this on its behalf when it didn't seem to want to be involved? It's Missouri's Higher Education Loan Authority. Isn't that a state-created student loan servicing corporation? 
It is, and that's where the state of Missouri came back. Um, so they made an argument that they, they, you know, because it was a state agency, a state authority, they were basically representing it. But there's some interesting technical details in this loan authority's uh, history and why it was created that suggests that it was intended to be pretty independent from the state government. This is Professor Paul Collins. He's a professor of legal studies and political science at the University of Massachusetts. We're talking about the student loan forgiveness that everybody's buzzing about. Um, Supreme Court listening today, asking a lot of questions. Chief Justice John Roberts said that the case, quote, presents extraordinarily serious, important issues about the role of Congress. Does that mean they're debating on whether they kick this back to Congress or not? So if, if we say, all right, somebody's got standing in this case, then they get to the big issue, right, which is basically whether or not the Biden administration has the authority to enact the student loan forgiveness. And that's where Congress comes into the picture. So the big debate there is whether or not Congress gave the authority to the Secretary of Education to do this under this uh, thing called the HEROES Act. And that's where the court's conservative justices really seem skeptical. Basically, they felt that if Congress was going to give this authority to to an executive branch agency, they had to be really explicit because it's such an important and uh, economically consequential thing to do. So, you know, if the court was to say the Biden administration didn't have this authority, then yes, absolutely, it would have to go back to Congress. And a lot of students are saying that this college debt relief program now rests in the hands of nine wealthy and elite people. And they're wondering, you know, where they stand and what the what the payback program will be like. So and until this is decided, everything is still on hold and they're expected to come with a decision sometime in June. Yeah, so this is a significant case. It's going to take a while. Um, Generally speaking, the justices hand down the most important cases at the very end of June. So, you know, I'd be predicting this to be decided last week in June, something like that. You're at the University of Massachusetts. What are your students saying? Well, I mean, we have a pretty diverse population, and and lots of students come from financially strapped backgrounds. And so this is a lot of money. I mean, this is a tremendous amount of money, up to $20,000 for a student to attend college. And so most of them are supportive of the Biden administration's efforts. I would imagine they are. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I would imagine that you'll be watching this very closely. I hope we can have a conversation again. Sounds great, Lisa. Thanks very much for having me. Paul Collins, Jr., Professor of Legal Studies and Political Science at the University of Massachusetts. Kevin, do you have any student loan debt? No, I, my nephew does. He's a perennial student, and I'm, I'm, I know he's waiting for this student loan forgiveness. Are you paid up, Kevin? No, not entirely. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be, you know, paid up if you're in your 20s, 30s, um, 40s, and it does affect all of us. Okay, back to the toothbrush, Steve. Mary, did you say your dentist sent you this article? Uh, she sent me, yeah. Actually, she sent me something on, on their website, yeah, and said every three months, change it after you've been sick. Yeah, pretty much the same stuff. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. They said if you absolutely don't want to throw away your toothbrush, you can opt to disinfect it yourself. 
Um, soak it in antibacterial mouthwash, a baking soda solution, a vinegar solution, as well as a denture cleaner. <laughs> I'm thinking throw yeah. it out, be done with it, especially if you've gone through COVID or the flu. And that's what they're saying. They're also saying don't keep the toothbrush head covered. They said it may sound counterintuitive, but as you can imagine, the open air will kill some of the bacteria. If you cover it up, it will continue to grow. So... I'm just, I mean, I just, for the record, changed my toothbrush. Okay, let's just say that. (laughs) (laughs) But if, so so let's say I had the cold, or last week I had COVID. So I was using my toothbrush while I had COVID. I've overcome it. I've continued to use my toothbrush. Are you saying there's a risk I could re-COVIDize myself because I didn't change my toothbrush? I'm just saying that according to this article, you are supposed to toss that toothbrush in the garbage and start with a new one. Hmm. Don't question it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> According to the American Dental Association, replace toothbrushes every three months due to worn down bristles and the accumulation of microbes over time. They said the same applies to electric toothbrushes. If you are sick, you should change it out or clean it sooner. And when they go into the details of what is on our toothbrush, it makes you never want to put one in your mouth again. (laughs) Well, that's why you put it in your mouth in the first place. Amen. Steve's got your news coming up next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.